This is Action Sports Jax on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. All right, here's the deal on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Brent Morton, along with former Jags player, current MMA fighter Austin Lane. On Friday, I'm putting together a show to celebrate Jacksonville baseball. And really all week long, but especially on Friday. We're going to have a ton of guests on. And I think, I've been here 12 years, and I believe there is so much talent from here in Jacksonville but it's underappreciated. I think it gets taken for granted. Some of the guys that have made it to the bigs, some of the guys that have signed professional contracts, the local college baseball, the talent around here is unbelievable. I'm a little biased. I love baseball. Obviously, my kids are playing ball, baseball, and softball. But I've always thought that. And we're going to have some fun conversations about baseball. We're going to have a really fun conversation right now because he's kind enough to take a few minutes and join us to help us kick off the celebration of local baseball. And he might be Mr. Baseball. When you think about Jacksonville, you think about this guy right here, and that is Hall of Famer Chipper Jones. Welcome to Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Chipper, thanks for taking a few minutes. No, it's my pleasure, guys. How y'all doing? Uh, doing, doing fantastic. Good. And uh, obviously, you're a DeLand guy, you're an Atlanta guy, but how much do you feel a connection to the city of Jacksonville and, and obviously the bowl school? Uh, Jacksonville is always going to hold a special place in my heart. Uh, the bowl school gave me an opportunity to, um, you know, get out of small town USA, out of the sticks, if you will, and, and uh, come up to the big city and uh, not only – you know, further my career athletically, but also academically. The Bulls school was, you know, I boarded there for for three years, and it was um, uh, not only three great years, but three very important years in teaching me how to manage my time, my money, my athletics, my academics, um, and really grow up fast. I mean, I went through the basically the college process at 15, 16, 17, 18 years old, where most people don't leave home and go to college until they're 18. So um, I, I had to grow up fast, and I had to uh, mature. I had to, you know, I was going to my public school in my hometown, making A's and B's and not cracking a book, and now all of a sudden I got three hours of homework a night, and AP classes, and I quickly dropped the AP classes and took the regular classes. <laughs> but, uh, and, and obviously, like you said, the talent pool in Jacksonville, um, not only for for uh, baseball, but, you know, uh, I played three years of football there as well. So um, it was uh, an awful lot of fun to go up against some of the elite in Jacksonville at that particular time. And we certainly held our own, uh, you know, there at Bulls. Uh, Chipper Jones, great Chipper Jones with us on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. I'll keep you a few minutes, but uh, how much has the legend of the game with the broken hand grown into a legend? Or was it <laughs> legit? Did you take all that Advil? Did you ice it the night before? How much did uh, Alan Berlander help you out? <laughs> <laughs> that was all, all a true story and probably one of the dumber decisions you know of my career but it turns out uh you know uh, bulls kind of gets a, a a bad rap sometimes of being this gq rich boy school and don't get me wrong there are certainly their fair share of of you know rich snobby kids you know that, <laughs> that, that might earn that uh, that moniker but i was anything but that and um bobby cox came up to me years later and he said uh, hey we weren't gonna take you 
And I go, really? I go, what changed your mind? He goes, you knocking out that kid the day before the state championship game and breaking your hand, let us know that you have some, you know, that number one, you stand up for yourself. You had a little bulldog in you. And I was like, man, you guys didn't know me at all because I got in a bunch of fights. <laughs> so, um, I, you know, it turns out that uh, that fight, my mother, she really kind of got on to me about that fight saying that I could jeopardize my, my draft status. And ultimately it was what vaulted me to the number one pick. How about that? Now, wow. were you in the right on that fight or what? Or is that just a, a typical high school fight? <laughs> yeah, it's stuff that happens between 17 and 18-year-old kids every day. You know, he was, I was a switch hitter, so I naturally got a few more swings than everybody else. And it was a hot day, and he got pissed off that he had to shag some more. So he came up and told me to hit him, and I popped him. Well, and Chipper, so here's the thing, because you are a switch hitter. So did you come at him as a southpaw, or was it just like the orthodox stance? Oh no, I would I wouldn't uh, I couldn't I don't think I could hurt a fly left handed if I took a swing at him, but uh no, I caught him pretty solid. He got about I think he got six or eight stitches above his uh his left eye and, and I broke my, my of course I didn't hit him square with my with my uh fist. I kinda hit him with the you know, the fifth metacarpal and just kinda crushed the fifth metacarpal. So it was a painful day trying to pitch through that the next day. I didn't know it was broken, but, uh, yes, the uh, that story is very, very true. That's how the legend grows. And uh, the great Chipper Jones from the Bowl School played football, played baseball, of course, now a baseball Hall of Famer. You mentioned Bobby Cox. How about the managers you've been around and coaches? Because Don Suriano's a legend around here as well. Uh, you, you had some, some fantastic men leading the way, didn't you? I really did. Uh, you're talking about when you when you lump my my father in there, the probably the three greatest baseball men that I've ever known. And I spent 23 years in professional baseball, and only one of them has professional experience. So I think if uh, I can honestly say this, and I've said this all along, if I were to get a managerial um, job one day and I, I i don't want to manage but i was saying hypothetically if i were to manage in the big leagues don seriano would be one of my first phone calls and the reason i say that is his attention to detail and his just metic being meticulous and repetition after repetition after repetition you've got to have that on your coaching staff is something that i think the braves have you know here in atlanta right now a bunch of good coaches that that harp on the little things, that nag about the little things, but those little things are what win you close ball games all year. And I think Don Seriano would be a tremendous addition to to any coaching staff, whether it be high school, college, or professional. How about that? Chipper Jones with us on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. You know, I had that question on my list because you are going to be an analyst in the broadcast booth for ESPN if we play some baseball, we hope. Uh, but taking over for David Ross, who obviously is now a manager with the Cubs, and we've seen guys like Aaron Boone go from the booth to, to managing. I mean, I know you just said you don't really want to do that. You don't have it in your sights, but would you rule it out someday down the road? I'll never say never, but uh, the fact of the matter is, is I like being home. I said, you know, it was a, <laughs> it was hard enough for ESPN to lure me away for one night a week to do Wednesday night baseball. Um, I have seven boys um, that are running throughout this house at one point or another. Uh, my wife and I still love each other through this quarantine, which is amazing <laughs> in and of itself. 
Congratulations. Um, (laughs) You know, coaching is almost a bigger um, time consumption type of thing than playing. You know, I mean, the coaches are there before the players. They usually don't leave until after the players. They're constantly having meetings during the offseason, and I'm just not willing to – to commit that kind of time, I think I'd be selling my team, my organization, and the job short if I were to agree to it at this point because my heart just wouldn't be into it. Chip, I have to share a story with you, by the way. This is Austin Land, and a little bit about me real quick. I played for the Jacksonville Jaguars for three years here, and I remember mm-hmm. it was either my first year or second year, either 2010, 2011. We're sitting in the training room, and usually the way it works is one guy controls the remote. And obviously we had a big country offensive tackle that was controlling the remote. We turn on the outdoor <laughs> channel, and we just so happened to see you bow hunting. Now, there was a big debate. Is is that really Chipper Jones? And I'm like, Chipper Jones doesn't hunt. Like, he's playing baseball. Like, what, what are we talking about? Well, it turned out to be you. So my question yeah. to you is, what's more nerve-wracking, trying to take down that big buck with an <laughs> with a bow or, let's say, bottom of the ninth, Two outs and you're up to bat. What's more nerve wracking? That is a great question. I'm gonna I'm gonna side. Okay, so my domain and, and you're a professional athlete, so you get it. You get it as well. Your safe your safe place, your safe domain is what you've done your whole life. Okay, and Correct. I have I have played baseball. That's where I feel most comfortable. If you put me in the box, I would much rather be. You know in the box against a Randy Johnson or a Roger Clemens. I'm right at home. I'm relaxed. I don't really feel it. Bro, if you get a monster buck coming at you from 500 yards and you got like five or ten minutes to think about it, you know, and you're up in that tree and you're locked on and, you know, you got a camera over your over your shoulder, man, that is nerve-wracking because you put in a lot of time. You work as teammates to get yourself in position, and you don't want to let him down. You know, and I feel a lot more comfortable with a bat in my hand than I do a bow, but it's something that I love to do. Bow hunting is what kind of recharges my batteries. It's cathartic. You know, we get up there and, you know, there's no cell phones and, you know, there's no TVs. There's no distractions. It's just a, a time to reflect on some of my most important decisions have been made. I know as crazy as it sounds, 20, 25 foot up a tree, you know, just sitting there <laughs> kind of taking in everything that there is uh, that, that God gives us on this green earth. I love the passion, the excitement uh, in your voice when you're talking about that a bit. Uh, no doubt about it. You can tell you love the outdoors, and we knew you love the outdoors. Hey, we're going to keep it for two more questions. I I, I know we've got to let you run. I appreciate you jumping on with us. Uh, we're going to celebrate yeah. local baseball, and you're a huge part of it. I felt like I couldn't do this thing this week without Chipper Jones, so uh, thank <laughs> you very much for taking the time. Uh, along those same lines, Maddox, Glavin, Smoltz, in their prime, who would you not want to face? Oh, or would Maddox. you hit off all of them because you're such a dang good hitter anyway? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I would, I, and I got, I got knocks off of two of the three. I never faced Smolty, but um, we used to face those guys in spring training every year. And the one guy that I hated facing was Maddox. He was just, he was a surgeon out there. He had tremendous movement on his pitches he had tremendous angle on his pitches um Smoltzy had really good angle but he threw everything hard you know and i was always i always took pride and you you can't throw it hard enough to get it by me you know glab was kind of frustrating to face glavin was actually the only one i ever hit a home run off of when he when he went to the new york mets 
Um, but, um, yeah, I would probably have to say in their prime, uh, Maddox. Now, if you, if it was seventh game of the World Series and we had to have a win, I would want Smoltz on the mound because the brighter the lights, the better John Smoltz was, as you, as you saw a couple of times, whether he, he threw a gem in Pittsburgh, uh, in 1991 against, uh, the Pirates in game seven to lift us, uh, to the World Series. And then, um, and then obviously that epic game seven in Minnesota with Jack Morris, where we lose one to nothing in game seven. So, uh, Smoltzy could turn on and off whenever he wanted to. Chipper, I'd ask you one last question, man. So, obviously, growing up with you in my house, um, Ozzy Osbourne Crazy Train was huge. You know, I mean, you always walked up to it. Is it still part of your playlist now, or is it kind of the point where it's Ward is welcome and you've gone on to new songs? 100%, man. It's like people stopped what they were doing whenever they heard that song in the stadium and knew that I was coming up. You know, they, it's, I think the, the fact that, you know, I, I watched, uh, the New England Patriots run out to the field, Ozzy Osbourne, every yeah. Sunday, you know, they're in New England, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, and I got it from Larry Walker. I asked permission if I could have it from him. Now, think about this, Montreal's Olympic Stadium, okay? Yep. All 3,000 fans that may have showed up for in attendance, but Ozzy Osbourne echoing through Olympic Stadium, it was freaking awesome when I was a kid. And I, when whenever the Braves said we're going to start walk-up music, I was like, I got, I got to ask Larry Walker if he'll let me have it because I think it is the most awesome song. Gets everybody pumped up for an A.B. I love it. Great story. <laughs> hey, Chipper, I, all I wanted to find out from you today is the secret of hitting. Austin's coming at you with Ozzy Osbourne and, oh, you know and, up, and, man. Fight, yeah. and fight stances here. <laughs> That's what we get on our show, and we appreciate you joining us. Hey, are they going to play big league ball? Put your analyst hat on. You get 20 Wednesdays. Well, maybe not as many. A uh, really tough spot for the, for the players uh, because principally I think they might be right. But uh, obviously from public perception, everybody just wants to see ball. It's a dangerous spot for the player, players right now, isn't it? Yeah, I, I'm I'm a little uh, less optimistic than I was a week or two ago. Obviously, having Blake Snell come out and say what he said that, that wasn't a real good look for the players. Um, I think if his if he had stuck to the narrative of just sticking to the health aspects and being concerned about um, the spread and whatnot, that might have come off a little better. But the last thing, thirty million. Uh, um, out-of-work Americans want to hear about is, you know, some millionaire baseball player uh, complaining that he's only going to get 25 or 30 percent of his of his contract that year, and he's, you know, he's not going to play. So it didn't come off good. Um, I think that uh, there's a lot of smarter people than me making decisions. That I just think it's going to be a logistical nightmare. I hope July 4th is day one. Um, but I'm, I'm a little less optimistic than I was a couple, couple of weeks ago, simply because they're, they're bickering about money and revenue sharing right now. To be honest with you, that should be like eighth, ninth, or tenth on the list of most important things at this particular time. And, uh, um, you know, all we're hearing about is the bickering over money, and it's not a, look, a good look for Major League Baseball. Man, we hope to see baseball back, and we hope to hear Chipper Jones in the booth. The great Chipper Jones from the Bowl School played here in Jacksonville, and we couldn't have celebrated Jacksonville baseball without Hall of Famer Chipper Jones. Thanks so much for taking the time, man.
All right, guys. Enjoy it. Y'all stay safe. Okay, you too. Uh, that is the great Chipper Jones here on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Thanks to his agent, Phoebe, by the way, for helping us out there. We're Again, we're going to have a ton of guests on Friday. Uh, it's going to be a fun show if you like local baseball. And... Uh, BB and, and Chip are kind enough to jump in here today. We'll probably play a little bit more of this interview from today on, on Friday. But uh, Chipper Jones, man, he was fun. It's awesome, man. It's from my childhood right there. That's yeah. a little nostalgia coming at you now. It's pretty cool. I wish we were knew he was coming on the show a little well, more than five did. minutes and, in advance we did it, so I could do some homework. <laughs> but it's okay, man. I adjusted. That's I caught okay. some audibles. It yeah. was fun. Listen, I, I'm trying. We probably kept Chipper even longer than I said. Absolutely. We're trying to rifle through these guys five to six, seven minutes, and yeah. and we appreciate his time because, quite honestly, you could spend two hours with Chipper oh, Jones. Oh, telling, man. I was just... I needed, like, a hitting tip for Ty and Caleb. <laughs> Didn't even get one. I was going to be mad. Ozzie Osbourne, man. That's my bad. Sorry, dude. <laughs> uh, great Chipper Jones. We appreciate having him, uh, him coming on. And when we come back, we talk about the great Gardner Minshew. You like that? The it's great Gardner Minshew on ESPN <laughs> 690. What I felt from him right off the bat, I got to tell you, this guy's smart. You know, mm. hearing the questions that Coach asked him in these meetings and how quick uh, he's able to just fire off the answers. Uh, it, it's really impressive, you know. Really, you know, you think as a young guy that will struggle with some of that, but I, I got to tell you, he's he's right on the money every single time a question is being asked, and uh, that says a lot, especially you know at the quarterback position. That's Brandon Cooks talking about Deshaun Watson. I think this is an interesting year for Deshaun Watson. How good is he? <laughs> you know, listen, uh, he has been good. He's also been at times a little bit injury prone, get banged up. He plays through. He's tough. I'm not saying he's not. I mean, he, heck, he drove here and played and won a game uh, with with the rib injury. I think it was rib injury, so he couldn't even get on a plane. Uh, toughed it out. I think he is has all these intangibles that are great, but you did take away the best receiver maybe in football from him. And now he has to put all this kind of together, this these these pieces that look good that I think look pretty good. You don't as much, but I think if you take some of their stats and what they can do, it's like okay, I could see if that comes together, that could be pretty good. But he has to help it come together, and he has to be the X factor there. This is a big year, I think, for Deshaun Watson. It's not like he has doubters. I actually believe sometimes he's overrated. I do. I, I think he gets so much love that, and and I, I say that with a very like, like slightly. I think he's a really good quarterback. Mm-hmm. But I do think he gets a little more love at times. And I part of my reason in that is, I think, because of Hopkins. Like, Hopkins bails him out, man. I mean, if Hopkins would bail anybody out. Mm. It's not a knock on Watson, but how can you do without that guy? And, I mean, again, I read some of the target percentages to Hopkins were ridiculous. And you know that guy catches everything. Of course. You know, so how can you, in a quarterback role, can you uh, – Elevate above the X's and O's. Like, the good ones do that. Mm-hmm. I always said Blake Bortles couldn't do that. That was one of his problems. Like, could he win games? Could he make some plays? Could he do, I guess, the game manager thing? Could he not make mistakes? No. Uh, but he never really showcased with any consistency and, and really not a lot anyway of this above the X's and O's. That's why I like Gardner Minshew right now because I saw it last year. That guy elevated above X's and O's a bit. Yeah. And while it be- has become kind of a cliche thing to say, it's something we haven't seen in Jacksonville from the QB position in quite a while. We talk about um, the Texans real quick, too. I mean, yeah, it's a big year for Deshaun Watson to see what he has as a quarterback, but also this could be the biggest year of any head coach in Bill O'Brien. Right, because if this thing falls through and if all of a sudden the Houston Texans aren't talking about going to the playoffs – 
Bill Bryan's got to be gone, okay? Because you traded away your possibly once-in-a-generational type player, you know, maybe one of the Mount Rushmore guys going forward of the Houston Texans in DeAndre Hopkins. You trade him away, okay? And you essentially replace him with a Randall Cobb and a Brandon Cooks. Um, there's a lot on the line, not, not only for, obviously, Deshaun Watson, but also Bill O'Brien as well. So it, it, we talk about the Jaguars. It can be an important season to see with Gardner Minshew. Well, it might be just equally as important also in Houston. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, listen, I am a big Gardner Minshew believer. I, I like what they're doing here. Now, I cannot say with ultimate conviction, because I've made so many mistakes before <laughs> on this position, I've had some hope for guys. And that it's really not Gardner's fault. That's more on me and the Jaguars, and, and we're, there's a scar tissue there. that I'm not, I don't like to go over the top. But I find myself kind of sounding whiny and, and defensive of Minshew the last couple of months. I really do. That's like an honest assessment of me mm. <laughs> when it comes to Minshew. And in the last couple of weeks, Pro Football Focus puts these numbers out there like 20 plus yard throws and, and his his uh, rating when he's doing that. I mean, you're, he's up with Russell Wilson and Tom Brady and guys like that. Well, the latest one today was this scrambling one. Uh, and by the way, Kyler Murray was not on this list, but I think Watson might have been. Russell Wilson was on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think Gardner was second on this pro football focus scrambling yards list. <laughs> and And when they showed this, it's like Okay, another example of I don't know why this guy isn't celebrated a little bit more around the National Football League. Why isn't this this is a good thing for Lamar Jackson? It's a good yeah. thing for Deshaun Watson. It's a wow, this, this guy's unbelievable with Russell Wilson. But yet, the narrative here in Jacksonville, and, and we've had some of these discussions, is well, shouldn't he stay in the pocket? He's not doing enough from the pocket. If he gets out, if he gets off schedule, that's not a good thing. Well, wait a minute. Why isn't it like that with all the other guys? So to get back to your point with pro football focus, the league leaders last year in scramble yards in 2019, we had number one, Lamar Jackson, 430. Gardner Minshew, actually number two with 350. Russell Wilson, third, uh, third 335. And then Josh Allen coming in fourth with 330. What do those guys all have in common besides Gardner Minshew? They all went to the playoffs. So, no, yeah. I see those numbers. It's like, well, yeah, if Gardner Minshew second, that's got to account for something. And I get that. And you know what? In terms of game planning and those scramble yards come up, defensive coordinators take note of that. So don't get me wrong. I like it. I like any time that a Jacksonville quarterback um, is in a top five category of something that's an interceptions, turnover, something like that. Okay? Any fan likes that. But at the same time, we can't get too wrapped up with these pro football-focused numbers. Okay? And here's what I'm going to say, Brent. I can take Baker Mayfield. I can take Derek Carr. I can take all these guys and I can find stats and I can nitpick something here and say, you know what? Derek Carr maybe had, you know, the best conversion percentage was in a second, you know, and and plus or five, whatever it was. You know, you you can find those numbers and you can cater them to say why a certain guy is a good quarterback. Now, yes, we've seen Minshew pop up a couple times and it's promising, but we can't get too wrapped up into the analytics because we talk about Josh Allen. Is Josh Allen right now a top five quarterback? No. Is Josh Allen he's trending up. He's trending up. Is he even really a top 10 quarterback yet? I don't think so, but... Yeah, exactly. So, once again, I appreciate the stats. I appreciate Minshew being, you know, considered um, to be with Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson, guys like that. But we cannot get too wrapped up in all these little low-key stats, I think. Listen, I'm also not sitting here and asking for my client, Gardner Minshew, to be recognized as like a top five or eight quarterback in the NFL. They're not giving him a damn chance to have a season where he'll be the guy after this year. Mm-hmm. Nobody is. Everybody's in the If your quarterback is considered halfway decent, nobody's predicting you to go 2-14. and 14. 
And so every time I see something that says 2-14, and 14, yeah, it's an indictment on the Jags. It's an indictment on the roster. But it's an indictment on Gardner Minshew because you don't believe that guy can win games. Hey, guess what? The Jags sucked last year, too, for the most part, and he won six of them. So I I just don't I think some of the I get what you're saying about the stats too. You can manufacture and I can find good ones and bad ones and listen I could probably find some bad ones for Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. So Absolutely. I get it. But what you said is something really important. When was the last time in Jacksonville that a defense in a team meeting in the middle of the week game planned with a little bit of fear? Mhm about something a Jaguars quarterback could do. And you know what? You can kind of tell me, convince me to be Blake Bortles back in 2017, but I'm going to say nay. Because uh, to me, if you're a defensive coordinator back in 2017, stopping Leonard Fournette, stop them from pounding the rock. That was the main focus right now. Now, don't get me wrong. Leonard Fournette is still going to be a focus with all defensive coordinators. But you have to take note of Gardner Minshew. You absolutely have to. Because the game film obviously says it. The analytics say it. And so do the stats. Listen, when I go to that defensive meeting and I'm Houston coming in or whoever, Indy coming in week one, I say, hey, listen, man, this guy's got good accuracy downfield, 20-plus yard plays. Hey, we got to keep him in that box. We can't let him escape because he likes to make off-schedule plays. He's pretty good at mm-hmm. Two things right there. I have to game plan a little bit for number 15. I like that. Jaguars haven't had many guys on offense in general that you had to game plan for. That's why I don't think Fournette really does get enough credit because he's the first guy in a long time they've actually had to game plan for. Mm-hmm. Well, now they might have multiple. Chenault, even the Chris Thompson factor. Shark, man. DJ Chark. Chark is a pro yeah. bowler. And even their quarterback for yeah. the first time in a long time. That's why I like it. I believe in him. You should, too. That's my pitch. <laughs> Campaign 2020. When we come back. One of the great football producers in the country is right here in Jacksonville, Florida. Not sure you've heard of this guy very often. He joins us next on ESPN 690. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.